Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, to the podcast. Talking about John Milton, again, part two. Talking about On Time, at a Solemn Music, and Le Allegro. Um, Swim says the Mama Fishy says, The new microphone is a vast improvement in audio clarity. Good, I'm glad. I, I think it'll get better too. Um, I realised after I recorded yesterday's one that the volumes, the gain, was all out of whack, so I had to sort of artificially boost up the volume, uh, which doesn't, you know, doesn't sound great. It kind of brings everything up, hisses and hums and stuff included. Um, so, anyway, I'll tinker with it. I'll make it better and better. On time, says Swim, this poem perhaps appeared between 1631 and 33 when Milton was quite young. The speaker begins this piece by directing his words to time. This entirety is the one that the speaker believes is the most troubling for humans. He wishes that it would speed up, consume all the negativity in the world, and then destroy itself. If this could happen, the human race would finally be happy. There would be no need for vain wants or desires. All people would end, find eternal life. Sorry, would find eternal life. In the concluding lines of On Time, the speaker makes clear that the life humans would now be living would be as if God had come to earth. All would be in heaven, having conquered death, time and chance. Damn. Out of solemn music, the poem's biggest claim to fame is that it became a short work for choir and orchestra by the English composer, composer Hubert Parry. Le Allegro uh, means the happy man in Italian, has from its first appearance been paired with the contrasting pastoral poem The Melancholy Man. TLDR, the speaker, orders melancholy from his life, telling it to find a dwelling place among the Cimerians, Cimerians, people who live in land of unending darkness. At the same time, he invites goddess of joy, Euphrosine, to bring him mirth on the dawning of a new spring day. The sun begins to rise... Then the ploughman in the fields whistles, the milkmaid sings a song, etc. Young and old come out to play. One of the tales will be about the lubber, land, lubber friend, a hairy giant of the... Are they... T- okay, never mind. Um, the speaker ends the poem again, addressing the heavenly bringer of joy, this time referring to her as mirth. Okay, cool. Grammarbot, <laughs> Grammarbot is uh, correcting my grammar, which I believe is the grammar of the poem, so I might ignore that post. Bots. <clears throat> Occasionally you get comments that are written by bots on Reddit, and it's a weird thing. I've always found that strange. Anywho. Um, okay, let's read some more John Milton. Quite a lot of John Milton poems to get through. So, what have we read? That one, that one, that one. Allegro, okay. Man, another... Alright, I'll read this long one and then it's followed by a couple of short ones, so we'll go through them. Il Penseroso. Hence vain deluding joys, the brood of folly without father bread. How little you bested, or fill the fixed mind with all your toys... Dwell in some idle brain, and fancies fond with gaudy shapes possess as thick and numberless as the gay motes their people the sun beams, or likest hovering dreams, the fickle pensioners of Morpheus' train, 
But hail thou, goddess, sage and holy, hail divinest melancholy, whose saintly visage is too bright to hit the sense of human sight, and therefore to our weaker view, or lady, or sorry, or laid with black-stayed wisdom's hue, black, but such as in esteem Prince Memnon's sister might beseem, or that starred Ethiop queen that strove to set her beauty's praise above the sea nymphs and their powers offended. Yet thou art higher, far descended, thee bright-haired Vesta, long of yore, the solitary satin bore, his daughter, she, in satin's reign, such mixture was not held a stain. Often glimmering bowers and glades, he met her, and in secret shades, of woody Ida's inmost grove, whilst yet there was no fear in Jove, come, pensive, none, devout, and pure, sober, steadfast, and demure, all in a robe of darkest grain, flowing, with majestic train, and sable stole of cypress lawn over thy descent shoulders drawn, come, but keep thy wonted state with even step and musing gait, and looks commercing with the skies, thy rapt soul sitting in thine eyes. There, held in holy passion, still forgot thyself to marble, till, with a sad leaden downward cast, thou fix them on the earth so fast, and join with thee calm peace and quiet, spare fast, that oft with gods doth diet, and hears the muses in a ring, a round about Jove's altar sing, and add to these retired leisure, that in trim gardens takes his pleasure, but first and chiefest with thee bring him that yon soars on golden wing, guiding the fiery wheeled throne, the cherub contemplation, and the mute silence hissed along. Lest Philomel will deign a song in her sweetest, saddest plight, smoothing the rugged brow of night. <clears throat> While Cynthia checks her dragon yoke, gently over the accustomed oak, Sweet bird that shunnest the noise of folly, most musical, most melancholy, thee, chantress, oft the woods among, I woo to hear thy even song, and missing thee, I walk unseen on thy dry, smooth, shaven green, to behold the wandering moon, riding near her highest noon, like one that had been led astray through the heaven's wide pathless way. And oft as if her head she bowed, Stooping through a fleecy cloud, Oft on a plat of rising ground I hear the far-off curfew sound, Over some wide watered shore, Swinging slow with sullen roar, Or if the air will not permit, Some still removed place will fit. Where glowing embers through the room Teach light to counterfeit a gloom, Far from all resort, of mirth, save the cricket on the hearth, or the bellman's drowsy charm the, to bless the doors from nightly harm, or let my lamp at my midnight hour be seen in some high lonely tower, where I may oft outwatch the bear, with thrice great Hermes or unsphere, the spirit of Plato to unfold what worlds or what vast regions hold. The immortal mind that hath forsook her mansion in this fleshy nook. And of those daemons that are found in fire, air, flood, or underground, whose power hath a true contest with planet or with element, some time let gorgeous tragedy in sceptre Paul Corn come sweeping by, presenting Thebes or Pelops line, or the tale of Troy divine, or what, though rare, 
of later age, ennobled hath the buskind stage. But oh, sad virgin, that thy power might raise Messias from his bower, or bid the soul of Orpheus sing such notes as warbled to the string. Drew I in tears down Pluto's cheek, and made Hal grant what love did seek. Or call him up, that left half told, the story of Cambuscan bold, of Campbell and of Algafsif, who had Canace to wife, that owned the virtuous, virtuous ring and glass, and of the wondrous oars of brass, on which the Tartar king did ride, and if aught else, great bards beside, in sage and solemn tunes have sung of tourneys and of trophies hung, of forests and enchantments drear, where more is meant than meets the ear. Thus, night, oft see me in thy pale career, till civil-suited morn appear, not tricked and frunked as she was wont with the attic boy to hunt, but sure chef in a comely cloud, while rocking... Oh, lost my place. While rocking winds and piping loud, or ushered with a shower still, when the gusts hath blown his fill, ending on the rustling leaves with minute minute drops from off the eaves, and when the sun begins to fling his flaring beams, me, goddess, bring to archered walls of twilight groves, and shadows brown that sylvan loves, of pine or monumental oak, where the rude axe with heaved stroke was never heard the nymphs to daunt, or fright them from their hollowed haunt, there in close covert by some brook, where no profaner eye may look, hide me from day's garish eye, while the bee with honeyed thigh, that at her flowy work doth sing in the waters murmuring, with such consort as they keep, entice the dewy feathered sleep, and let some strange mysterious dream wave at his wings in airy stream of lively portraiture displayed softly on my eyelids laid, and as I wake sweet music breath above, about or underneath, sent by some spirit to mortal god, good, or the unseen genius of the wood, but let my due feet never fail to walk the studious cloisters pale and love the high embowered roof with antic pillars massy proof and storied windows richly dight, casting a dim religious light, there let the pealing organ blow to the full-voiced choir below in service high and anthems clear, as may with sweetness through mine ear dissolve me into ecstasies and bring all heaven before mine eyes and may at last my weary age find out the peaceful hermitage the hairy gown and mossy cell where I may sit and rightly spell of every star that heaven doth shew and every herb that sips the dew till old experience do attain to something like prophetic strain these pleasures melancholy give and I with thee will choose to live short one's called From Arcades Over the smooth enamelled green Where no print of step hath been Follow me as I sing And touch the warbled string Under thy 
shady roof of branching elm star proof follow me i will bring you where she sits clad in splendor as befits her deity such a rural queen all arcadia hath not seen all right we'll stop there because it looks like the next few are a set so we'll stop before that set commences long one and a short one very cool. All right, folks, thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.